0: I went after a gangbanger once. He came to the front door looking for my sister, and when I opened the door, I hit him in the head with a security door while I was holding my trusty bat. I told him never to come back. He called me a few choice names, but I didn't care. No one was going to abuse anyone I love. I don't care what gang you belong to. Hi, I'm Sherry Todd, a former DJ, now a podcaster. Every week, I hope to take you on an adventure that informs, inspires, and starts conversations. I want to get honest And I want to get to the heart of life and love. There's going to be good days, bad days, good shows, bad shows. And just like life, we have to figure it out. And I want to figure it out loud. Welcome to Sharapy. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Sharapy with Sherry Todd. Now, here in the United States, April is Sexual Violence and Prevention Month, known as SAM, S-A-A-M. This year, Sam is celebrating its 18th anniversary with the theme, I Ask, to empower everyone to put consent into practice. This issue has reached heightened awareness post the Me Too movement, and more and more people are wondering how they can make a difference. One way is consent. Asking for consent is healthy, normal, and a necessary part of everyday interactions. Consent is about always choosing to respect the personal and emotional boundaries of others. It's important to think about how your actions might make others feel and ask questions if you don't know. So here's some info about consent. Now what if you want to kiss someone but you aren't sure how they feel? When you want to get close to someone, whether you're hooking up for the first time or in a long-term relationship, it's important to know how to ask for consent. Now, when someone gives consent, they're giving permission for something to happen or agreeing to do something. This means that they need to know specifically what they're agreeing to. So make sure what you're asking is clear. For example, do you want to mess around for a while, like cuddling, making out, but not having sex? (laughs) You know, something like that. Always ask for consent before you begin any sexual activity, including kissing, cuddling, and any kind of sex, even if your partner consented in the past. Ask in a way that makes it clear it would be okay if they said no. Otherwise, you might be pressuring them to do something they don't want to do. So what is not consent? Your partner may tell you no, but that doesn't mean they're saying yes. You know, no means no. If someone says nothing, they're like, um, I guess, or they're unsure, their their S is kinda their yes is kinda like I don't know. They're likely communicating that they don't really want to do the thing you're asking about. In these cases, you don't have clear consent. Check in with your partner about how they're feeling or suggest another activity. You know, like you could say, you seem unsure, so why don't we just watch TV tonight? And nonverbal cues. Pay attention to your partner's body language. If they pull away, tense up, look uncomfortable, laugh nervously, or are quiet and not responding, you should check in. You should say something like, you don't seem too into this, do you want to stop and take a break. And dealing with the no. Sometimes your partner will say no, and that's okay. Reassure them that you're glad that they can be honest with you. And why consent matters? Well, Talking about what your partner wants to do ensures that sex is consensual and makes it more enjoyable. You'll feel more confident about what you're doing and your partner will feel more comfortable getting close to you. So I knew this woman who was married and she told me once that her husband told her that God gave men a strong sexual drive because that was the only way the world would reproduce because women did not have the same sex drive. Now I looked at her and I said, is this what he tells you so you'll have sex with him? And she said, "Uh uh-huh. You know, it's really a shame that this is the mentality of some people. If you both are on the same page when it comes to having sex or children, it's all good. But if your partner has to manipulate you with lies to get you to consent to have sex with them, then no, that is not consensual. I don't know if it was conditioning from his church or his upbringing, but it brings me to this. We need to teach what consent is early. Late childhood and early adolescence is a time when children get messages about relationships and consent from TV shows, movies, social media, and that know-it-all friend. This makes it an ideal time for parents to have conversations about consent. Talking with your child now will encourage open and honest communications as they mature and enter their first relationship. Tell them consent means asking someone for their permission to do something and accepting their answer. Consent shows up in kids' lives when they ask peers if and when they want to play, if they want to sit together at lunch or on the bus, if they'd like to share school supplies, toys, food, etc., Helping kids to ask for consent and and to accept rejection in these everyday ways builds a foundation for practicing consent in intimate relationships as they get older. Now talk openly with your child. Ask yourself, what messages is my child getting about relationships and consent? What messages do I want them to get? Let your child know that they can come to you with questions about consent and relationships. Answer their questions honestly and encourage ongoing conversations about respect and safety. Teach respect for boundaries. Teach your child that consent means always choosing to respect others' boundaries. Boundaries are a person's right to choose what's comfortable for them. Teach how to ask for consent. Help your child to think about how their actions might make another person feel, and to ask questions if they don't know. Everyone has boundaries, and no one should ever feel pressure to do something that they're not uncomfortable with. Model asking for consent. Show your child ways to ask for consent by modeling the words and actions yourself. Model respect for boundaries by asking your child for consent and accepting their answer like when asking for a hug or sharing information with them about others. Use teachable moments to talk about consent and respect. Now, what about digital consent? Now, this is something I'm guilty of myself. There's been a few times that I've posted a picture of someone on social media with asking if it was okay and the person was not happy. Some folks just don't want their picture on Facebook or Instagram and they have every right to feel that way. You know, I sometimes tease them and say, what are you in the witness protection program? But I'm, I'm the same way at times, so I guess I'm kind of like a hypocrite. We need to be more respectful. I need to be more respectful. So let's be clear. Ask for digital consent. Consent should be part of your interactions with others when you're texting or using social media. Although you aren't talking face-to-face, you should always consider how your actions might make another person feel and ask questions if you don't know. Now, when it comes to texting, just because technology connects us 24-7 doesn't mean that your partner is always available. Some people enjoy rapid-fire text conversations, while others, you know, they just like to text to make plans. Check in with your partner about how often you would like to text each other and what you consider a reasonable amount of time to respond. For example, you could say, how do you feel about texting at work? I'm cool with it, but I also have a lot of downtime. So that gives the other person a chance to say, well, I don't, so I'll just text you. You know, so you work something out there that is consensual between the two of you. Now, sharing online. Ask your partner how they feel about you sharing and tagging photos of them and posting about their relationship online. Find out if they'd like to see what you're posting first, or maybe they're okay with you sharing without asking every time. Now, sexting. Sexting means sending sexual photos, videos, or messages from your phone or computer. Not everyone feels comfortable about sexting, and that's okay. There are good reasons to have concerns about sharing a private image. It's never okay to send unwanted sex, even to a long-term partner. If your partner's okay with sexting, ask them before you send them anything. And there's picture pressure. Just like any other kind of sex, digital sexual interactions can feel exciting comfortable, and safe for everyone involved. If someone says no to sending a nude picture, respect their choice and move on. Never pressure or guilt someone to send photos, especially nude photos. Uh, this brings me to a story once where I had a friend who had a picture to show me. So she, she, had me, she handed me her phone. And of course, sometimes when you get the phone, you know, the screen goes black and you have to tap it. So I got the phone and I was tapping it. It was black. I was tapping it and I wasn't paying attention. I was kind of looking off while I was tapping it. And of course, when after I was the screen came on, the picture came on, I kept tapping and it moved the picture. So when I looked down at the picture, obviously it wasn't the picture that she wanted me to see. Yes, it was a nude picture that she meant for her husband. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't think you wanted me to see that." She was very embarrassed. And you know, I I I was I felt bad for. Her. But I, my advice now, people, is like, yeah, if you're going to send pictures like that, put it in a special file so nobody can accidentally see it. Because a lot of times people, they won't ask if it's okay to go through your pictures. They just see a picture and then they just start scanning through all of them without you even knowing. So it's good to put pictures that you don't want other people to see uh, in a separate file. That's just That's just a little advice. Now, if someone shares a nude photo with you, don't share it with anyone. Sharing intimate photos with someone that they weren't meant for is a violation of trust and could be illegal. It could also be a crime to store or share sexual photos of someone under 18, even if you were also under 18. So remember that. This year's theme, I Ask, provides a great opportunity to empower all of us to put consent into practice. All of us can practice consent in our lives by asking permission and showing respect for others' choices. When it comes to sex, it's important that everyone is on the same page, and the best way to do that is being direct and asking. Remember, our words and actions shape the world around us, whether you are speaking out against locker room talk or helping someone better understand these issues. Your voice is powerful and necessary in preventing sexual violence, misconduct, and abuse. Sexual violence happens in every community. Now, just to be clear on what sexual violence is, sexual violence is any type of unwanted sexual contact, including sexual assault and rape. This can include words and actions like sexual harassment, catcalling, and non-consensual sharing of private images, such as revenge porn. Nearly 1 in 5 women and 1 in 67 men in the U.S. have experienced rape or attempted rape sometime in their lives. Anyone can experience sexual violence, including children, teens, adults, and seniors. People who sexually abuse can be family members, friends, romantic partners, or other trusted individuals. They may use manipulation, threats, or force to commit sexual violence, and victims are never, ever to blame. It doesn't matter what someone was wearing, how they were acting, if they were drinking, or what type of relationship they had with the person who abused them. Sexual assault is often not reported. A person may not report what happened for many reasons, including concern they won't be believed, fear of retaliation, distrust of law enforcement, shame or fear of being blamed pressure from others. Healing and justice look different for every survivor. A survivor may or may not choose to move forward with the criminal justice system. Healing is an ongoing process. Everyone heals in their own time and their own way. And you can support survivors. Chances are you know someone who has experienced sexual violence, even if they haven't told you. They are listening to how you talk about the issue and hearing that you understand and believe survivors may help them feel safe and open up. Embrace your voice. Sexual violence thrives when it's not taken seriously and victim blaming goes unchecked. Your voice is essential in setting the record straight on sexual violence. The good news is that prevention is possible, and it's happening. Individuals, communities, and the private sector are already successfully combating the risk of sexual harassment, misconduct, and abuse through conversations, programs, policies, and research-based tools that promote safety, respect, and equality. If you want to get help, get involved, or donate, or just like more information, the National Sexual Violence Research Center's webpage is www. NSVRC.org. NSVRC.org. I'll post the link on my Facebook and Instagram pages and in the Sherry P with Sherry Todd episode description. So, on a personal note, as a victim of sexual violence, I think what saved me is me. I feel I'm a very strong person. Even though I was scared and afraid growing up, I always felt this sense of defiance about me. I didn't have a lot of support from family, most of it came from good friends who accepted me and liked who I was, which made me feel loved. And when you feel loved, you feel you can do anything, right? But because of my history, I'm very outspoken when it comes to any kind of abuse. I sometimes can be defiant. There was one instance uh, where I was with a friend and, we, and uh, I was driving her home, And we passed a parked truck, and we noticed that the driver was beating his wife on the passenger side. So I immediately slammed on my brakes and backed up, got out of my car, opened the truck, grabbed a bat, and walked over to the truck and started yelling at the guy. I remember the look of shock on his face. My friend, she started yelling for the girl to get out and get in the car. And uh, the girl did, and she started yelling about her son. And we're like, what? And she goes, my son, my son. My son. And uh, we backed up, and there was her son, probably around five years old, and he was running down the sidewalk. So we pulled up to the boy, and his mom opened the door, and he got in the car. We drove away. We tried to take her to the police, but she didn't want to go. She wanted to go to the liquor store to call a friend. This was back in the day before there were cell phones. So we waited until, I'm assuming it was her mom that came, and she said thank you and left. Now, I knew the chances of her going back to this guy were probably good. But I couldn't just drive away and let him hit her. How could I? We have to use our voice to fight. We can't sit around and watch and allow the abuse to continue. I went after a gangbanger once. He came to the front door looking for my sister. And when I opened the door, I hit him in the head with a security door while I was holding my trusty bat. I told him never to come back. He called me a few choice names, but I didn't care. No one was going to abuse anyone I love. I don't care what gang you belong to. Yeah, A bit reckless, I know, but the only way that sexual violence can stop is if we stand up to it. We have to say no more. We have to believe the victim. Christine Ford, I believe you. Michael Jackson victims, I believe you. I've been where you are. I've walked in your shoes. I've lived your stories. I know what sexual abuse looks like. We have to teach our children that sex is not a weapon, but something that should be consensual and with love, and that everyone should be treated with respect and kindness. Now, I'm definitely not suggesting that when you see sexual violence to go all guns blazing like a lunatic, but the more logical, effective, and practical way is to talk and voice your concerns and support, or in dangerous situations, call the police." But if you sit back and think it doesn't concern you or it won't change anything, well, you're right. If you don't do anything, it won't change. So if you've been a victim of sexual violence or you know someone that has, you can call 1-800-656-HOPE. You can get help 24-7, 800-656-HOPE. So... That's all the time we have today. <laughs> wow, I really feel like I was wearing my Sherpa hat today. So once again, thank you for listening. And if this episode affected you in some way, please rate it and leave a comment. Let me know. And remember, always embrace your voice. See you. Bye. You can find Cheripee with Sherry Todd in your iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or other favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.